thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. Welcome to another episode of the Shadow Initiative TV with Stephen Lancaster and I am Rick Hale. Stephen, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it, it's uh, a little weird going back to our format. We had a great guest and Massey we last did. week. Um, the hits are still going up on that episode. Um, and you know what I liked about it? We it, uh, So far, that is the episode where we've got the most comments Really? On the YouTube page? Yeah, I mean, you know, usually it's like three or nothing, but this one is five or six. So, yeah, that's cool. Oh, man. I like, I love, I, I know it's like just, a, I know it's a small amount, but I love when people interact. Oh, yeah. That's how we learn. It, it'll, it'll grow with time. I mean, these things, they're, sure. these shows are a dime a dozen, and um, it just takes that one to really start locking people in or just something they see on one random episode, and then they go check out all the other ones, you know? Right, right. So we thank all you guys that are ha, that have been loyal before we even started the show. You guys were there. You didn't right, even yeah. know it was going to be this bad, but you, <laughs> you still came. No, I think that I think that over time we're definitely going to uh, build a um, an audience, and uh, you know, every week people are going to be looking at our ugly mugs. Well, speak for yourself, Rick. I... I, I consider myself the uh, the sex symbol of the show. Mm, I'm sure you. Play. I'm sure you do. So on that note, um, oh by the way, I love your shirt, and the reason I love it is is because one of the things that we are going to be talking about today are what, Stephen? Demons. Demonic oh, possession. Dreaded, the dreaded D word. You know what? What I am not kidding you. This is the thing that gets my mouth in the most trouble yeah me too um it, it just goes back to that thing people don't want their paranormal busted but it, it's yeah. actually uh for me you know with my background in psychology the it's very scary when it comes to demonic possession uh, and we'll get into the whole whole reason why not the literary or the literal uh, demonic possession that scares me. It's what people think it is that scares me. Right. And they're missing the obvious, which is has led to a lot of uh, tragedy. But we'll we'll mm -hmm. talk about that when we get to that point. Yeah, um, definitely. But, and, you know, and, and myself too. I have a you know a background in uh, social services, so you know I dealt with some kids that uh, probably would have been burnt at the stake, <laughs> you know, four or five hundred years ago. So yeah, sure. but we'll talk about that more when we uh, talk about the dreaded D word. Dun, dun, dun. And I do want to clarify, you know, I'm not advocating selling your soul. This is actually Oh, a, I am. Th this is an edu <laughs> this is an educational tool that that I use, you know, for grandchildren stuff like that. It, it's it's actually teaching kids economics. It, it's economics for children. Cash for soul. But yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you've we're in gotta, a different day. You got to take that time. 
You know, forget the forget the lemonade stand. Okay, yeah, it's not no, that's, marketable that's anymore. A thing of the past. It's all about supply and demand, and there are souls everywhere, folks. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to be talking about some other great things. Another thing that we're going to be talking about, which is actually the second thing that gets my mouth into the most amount of trouble, is professionalism in the field. Same here. We're going yeah. full controversy this episode. We are. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, Perry Unity, and thankfully, we went unscathed by that one. Speaking of which, there is a guest I am going to bring on the show who watched okay. our episode on mm -hmm. uh, the Paranormal Unity, who was actually present. Now, I don't know, I don't want to get into the whole Paranormal Unity discussion again, but, mm -hmm. you know... Just like anything in the world, there is that origin, that moment when a phrase is coined. Okay. And this guy was there when it happened. Okay. okay. I, I don't know if you remember, way, way back, one of the biggest networks was Live Paranormal. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember Live Paranormal, okay. sure. That is where Paranormal Unity started. Oh, okay. And the, and the guest, um, and, and it's because the... the uh, the owner of that network was bashing the idea, kind of like we did uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it was actually coined on his show, and he was interviewing the guy we're going to bring on to our show. So that that would be something to bring up with him, you know, because he was there. He was yeah. there when it started. Okay. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we have got uh, we got some great evidence and footage from your uh, investigation at the Hotel Aiken. We're kind of doing like a like a hotel uh, theme, haunted hotel theme today on the show. Yes, because your ghost watch is about what? The Sagamore Hotel in the, in the scenic Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. This place, I'm obviously I've never been there, but from everything that I've read, and I've written about it myself, and I'm going to be discussing it on Ghost Watch today, this place is just extraordinarily haunted. Now, now I've heard that that over time, now hear me out, that over time that building kind of sinks a little bit. Do you think that like that people walk up to it and think like, could this actually Sagamore? Ha! <laughs> Oh, yeah, the dad jokes. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> These are the jokes. But, Rick, we have something really exciting we're going to be doing today, live on the okay. program. We are going to be testing Rick's ESP skills, okay? He, <laughs> he has no clue as to what's about to happen, okay? But the No, I don't, which, which, which should prove to anybody that I do not have ESP. Well, you know, we're going to give him a fair shot. And the cool thing about what we're going to do, Rick, is you guys at home can join us. So not only will I be testing Rick's ability or lack thereof, ESP, mm -hmm. we're going to be testing yours. So you guys okay. in the chat, when you're watching this show, participate live and we'll see if you have ESP. I predict... <laughs> this will be a hoot. See, I already know I have it. I, I mean, I, I, there's no okay. doubt in my mind. I mean, I, I can prove it right now to, to all you guys watching. I guarantee you, I know. Okay, what am I thinking? Well, what I thinking? know for a fact that right at this very moment, people are watching this show. 
tell me I'm wrong. You're you're not wrong, and that is definitely proof of ESP. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad somebody credible in the field finally recognizes that. All right. Well, so on that note, (laughs) (laughs) the dad jokes, they just keep a coming. Um, On that note, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to be uh, checking out some video and ghostly footage from the Hotel Aiken, and Stephen's going to tell us all about that one, so... uh, Stick around. Don't nobody go nowhere. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, my friends. Check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. Alright guys, welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV where you guys refer to us as an educational tool. And Rick, what do we refer to them as? Uh, we refer them as our students? No, you, you had a nickname. Our, for oh, the Shadows. The shadows. shadows. Yes, we call them Shadows. We've got I our Shadows it. down there today in the chat. It's like it's like that Def Leppard song. You guys are always two step behind, you know? See, there again... More proof that I do not have ESP. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Stephen, tell us about your trip to the Hotel Aiken, and uh, we're going to look at some some convincing and compelling footage that you uh, you and your partner ca- uh, captured there. Yeah, the the Hotel Aiken was a a, a really cool investigation um, that we did back in 2009. The the building itself um, is formerly known as the Holly House. It was built in 1898. Um, and in 1998 um, was officially added to the historical registry, you know. So mm-hmm. it's a historical building. Um, a lady that worked there had contacted us um, where we were located in Myrtle Beach. It was about four and a half hours away. And uh, she wanted us to come check the place out. So I, uh, I of course, did my own research on it. And, and uh, story. Um, it... The backstory will remind you guys a lot of the movie 1408. If, if you've never seen that movie with John Cusack, it's one of my favorites. Um, where where this room, in the movie, you know, a person can't last more than an hour in the movie before they die. Okay. Because the room's extremely haunted. Well, the Hotel Aiken has something similar. They had, they had a room called 225, room 225. Four people had died in or because of that room two people with a heart attack two people jumped from their jumped from the window to their death okay so this was very intriguing go ahead rick you got something to i say. was just going to say you know four people dying you know two from heart attacks two from suicides uh, it, it really should come as no surprise that uh, the place is haunted absolutely and and the thing is the ghost stories don't even start with the deaths um, the electromagnetic, they, no, this room is no longer, they don't rent it anymore. It's, it's now used just for linen, for housekeeping. And uh, 
the the electromagnetic fields in that room um, we documented well over 700 on the Gauss scale okay. which is incredible and, and if somebody is super sensitive to that kind of thing it could drive you mad it could even drive you to have a heart attack that is definitely physically possible um, sure. but this lady contacted us so we, we made arrangements she gave us a really cool tour um, here on this YouTube page is the entire investigation kind of wrapped up into an episode where you can hear Miss Wendy's interview, see us investigate. Um, other people died throughout the building, a female, another guy had committed suicide in room 320, I believe. Um, so there was a, there's a lot of uh, tragic history to the place. We agreed to take it on if we could pretty much have the run of the mill. You know, okay. if we, because we didn't want other guests in the building. You know, there's bars locally. There was already outside noise. Um, so we got, we had free reign of the place. So we knew if we were picking up something behind a door or in a room, um, it wasn't going to be a guest, so to speak. So we could go in and out yeah. of all the rooms. Uh, there are three stories to this place. Huge place. Not quite as big as your Congress Hotel, um, but, mm -hmm. but probably about half. Uh, well, you know, I was just going to say that this, from everything that you've just said, this this actually reminds me more of another haunted hotel we have here in Chicago, and that is the uh, Sheraton Suites O'Hare, mm -hmm. which is actually actually in Rosemont, but just outside of Chicago. But it's by O'Hare, and um, there have been um, drug overdoses, suicides, you know, people dying in, in accidents, and and this place is, uh, you know very similar to what you know what you tell us about the hotel aiken and, and you know i think a, a lot of a lot of hotels are going to have that kind of thing anyway they're so transient oh, sure and, and you have your drunks you 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 have shady things going on at hotels drug addicts stuff like that people that just have have regular old illnesses you know um right but, right. but when it's it's suicide and stuff like that's a little bit different um you don't really hear a lot of people saying when they're going to commit suicide, they're going to go rent a hotel room and do it. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're just not thinking like that. But um, so we investigated this place, and I do urge you to watch the video on the Hotel Aiken here on this YouTube channel. Um, just so you can hear, hear and see everything, because we're only showing you guys snippets. Um, when Wendy gave us the tour, she, she told us where, when it was the Holly House, the owners lived there. Uh, the mm -hmm. husband and wife lived there. Well, he strangled and killed his wife. Motive, nobody really knows why. Okay? so it I was, would say this place is born under a bad sign. Yes. So, um, or, or or just built on bad energy. You know, something's going on right. there with fields that high. Uh, long story short, the, the room, they, they took what used to be maybe three or four rooms where the owners lived and made them actually three or four rooms you could rent one ended up being 320 and that is where wendy was telling us you could hear a female's voice okay like sighing moaning um stuff like that well um in the video i'm about to show you guys uh you can clearly hear ryan and i outside of one of the rooms we're about to go check out and we both kind of jerk our head i'm filming he's a door we both kind of jerk our heads in reaction because you can hear what sounds like a female mumbling, moaning, something like that. And I amplify yeah. it a little bit. You get the original, and then I amplify it a little bit so you can hear it better. Rick, you've already seen it 
Before I show it to them, what do you think? Um, I really like it. I, you know, I love uh, disembodied voices. I, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very audio oriented. So it's like, you know, just hearing EVPs. EVPs is my favorite. But man, when you when you hear a disembodied voice, that is uh, that is way cooler. And you could definitely hear this uh, this woman mumbling or moaning. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a female voice. Yeah, I agree, too. And, and, of course, we go into that room, and there's nobody in there. There isn't a TV on. Um, there isn't anything to... That's why I urge you to watch the whole episode, because we're just showing you guys clips. But you guys, check this out. See if you can hear this female, and then we'll come right... Do you hear, like, a moan? Yeah. Do you hear, like, a moan? Yeah. So you guys just checked out what could be uh, a disembodied voice. I say could be. I'm pretty convinced that it is there. There wasn't anybody else around. Um, I it, it was on both of our camcorders. Um, yes. You know, so it, it wasn't just a an anomaly that could be explained away. Um, this next clip, and, and the, the funny thing is, uh, I didn't know this until after it had happened. But this next clip, you're going to see some interaction with the television. And these are old tube TVs. They were back in 2009 anyway. I don't know if they've updated since or not. They um, have. Huh? Well, I mean, most, hotel, mo um, most hotels have. Well, so we get this interaction where the TV is coming on and off. And as Rick can attest, because he's already seen the video, um, we do everything in our power to disprove it. Could it be a remote from another room? We test that theory. We show that the remote in the room is actually sitting on top of the TV when the TV is doing this. So we do everything that we can. And uh, it's interesting. I, I don't want to say 100% that it was a ghost trying to communicate through that television. But it did go unexplained. And we later learned from Wendy after the fact, the next day, um, she had told us after we told her what we found. She said, you know, that's one of the things we hear the most of. Somebody saying TV's coming on and off, and it's always to a static channel. So that was interesting. It, it gave us a little more validity as to, you know, what we had captured. Now, before we show you guys this video, <clears throat> Rick has seen it. Rick, Rick yeah. let's hear your thoughts on this video. Well, you definitely do everything that you possibly can to... Um try to disprove I, I i'm sorry i don't use the word debunk i hate that word mm. um you do definitely do everything that you can to disprove that um there's some kind of outside element that is um you know doing this to the television um my question is does the tv possibly have a timer that was well you can you can easily rule that out because it would have okay. only done it once but it does it over and over again. It does it repeatedly, and, and there's no right. no consistency to it, you know, to where you calculate some kind of, you know, pattern to it. Uh, okay. My, Fair enough. You know, just like in the video, my first assumption was, okay, somebody's in a room next door using a remote. But mm -hmm. we knew there shouldn't be anybody, but 
you know, there are people who do like to mess with ghost hunters. You sure. know, if they're trying to to raise the stake on, on their business and they want it deemed haunted, they may stage things. Right. You right. know, so that you couldn't rule that out. But we we proved the other remote from the room next door didn't even power the TV up, as my yeah. colleague tried to do in the video. Um, so it was interesting. Go, go ahead, Rick. I was going to say, you know, one of the, um, you know, um, an old but newer uh, theory in traditional parapsychology or psychical research that entities have the ability to use uh, um, electronic gadgets, whatever, to their own benefit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, poltergeists, for example, are not necessarily ghosts, but, you know, psychic energy um, that is completely out of control. Um, a lot of that, from what they believe, that 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 energy pulls from electricity, which is, and also the heat in a room, which is why things get cold and lights flicker, because they're using that to their advantage. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely say that this thing with the television definitely would fit into that theory. Well, too, I mean, you consider um, how studied white noise is to begin with in the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we use white noise radio frequencies with the ghost boxes and you know stuff like that so white noise has its place and, and believe me when i tell you i listened and listened and listened i don't know how many times to see if anything was coming through that static um yeah but but it's interesting nonetheless you guys check out this video of what happened with me and my old colleague ryan um with the tv we're in the middle of just kind of reporting on what's going on the tv starts its thing and uh, you'll see what happens from there. And when we come back, Rick, what are we jumping into, man? Um, our next thing that we are going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about those demons. Yes, there That's it is. Right. Yeah. Okay, guys. So check out the TV at the Hotel Aiken, and we will be right back. Thoughts on things so far? Mm, other than high MF rates and... Uh, a lot of warm spots. I wouldn't particularly say cold spots in this place, but warm spots, uh, especially out in the hallways with it being six to seven point O's. Right. Uh, I could see if that happens to be a lot of electrical work. Did the TV just come on? I could see if that happens to be a lot of electrical work. TV just come on. Yeah, the TVs don't do that. I mean, did you hear what it just did? I don't know. Did you? It went doom doom. You know, when you kick it, a TV on, it has to warm up, especially right. a tube TV. Right. That's not a flat screen. No, it's not. Look, can you zoom in on that? The remote's on top of it. C100. Turn it off, man.
right here. My ears are ringing, man. That was loud as hell. Is that the remote to it? Looks like it to me, buddy. Let's hold on to this, just to be sure. Does that remote work? I'd say it does. Same channel. Uh, well, that's crazy, dude. Nobody hit that on accident. Dude, it was sitting on top of the TV. We'll call it a uh, anomaly. For now, keep the camera on it though. Got the EMF. Where the hell's the EMF at? You got the EMF? No, you do. Oh, here it is. Okay. Leave the EMF up there. Looks like it's gonna hold steady. Gonna hold steady at about a 1.8. It's looking like. Wait, let's make sure it wasn't my camcorder. Uh, okay, one, 1. 1.8, 1. 1.9 is what it's looking like, which could be pretty typical for a TV. What was we talking about? I think we were just recapping. Yeah. Situation. And that's one of the claims is TV coming coming on and off. Now the question is, okay, could it be a remote from another room? Could it? Well, we were just in another room. Let's go get it. Let's go get another remote and we'll try that. And we'll see what happens. jump on it it's going down now it was at a 1.8 1.9 when I set it up there now it's at a 0.8 really? yes the video don't lie man come on somebody's got to be messing with this let's go get the other remote okay I'll tell you what you get the other remote alright I'll hang out right here just in case anything changes I'll right. keep the camera running Okay. All right. Let's see here. Try. It. Hold on. Let me make sure you get you on the screen. Yeah. Power. All right. The TV is right over there in front of us. Got the remote. Hidden power button. Does it turn on? Nope. It's not doing it. Okay. Stand right there. Okay. Right there. Show your remote. That's yeah, right in front of me. Okay. Push the button. Here's the one for the TV. 
Oh, oh there we go. So we proved that the remote for the TV works for the TV. EMF's now down to 0.5, dude. Really? What does that say to you? Something was messing with it. No, it's not. We proved that another remote from another room will not affect this TV. We, you went right to the room next door? Yeah. Went right to the room next door, grabbed the remote. Obviously, there's nobody in there to be pushing the remote, but just to prove that it wasn't working. When we set the EMF on the TV, when it first uh, came on, we were looking at 1.8, 1.9. Now that this whole scenario is over with, sitting at a 0.9, it's dropped 100%. Well, let's go see if this will happen in another room. It's a good idea. I think there was something in here. And it moved. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons, Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois, and behold, shocking true tales of terror, and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. All right, and welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV with Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Um, you just watched a really cool video that uh, Stephen has shared with all of us, and um, you know, I got to got to tell you, man, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. I when when you said hotel, I, I've done a lot of hotels, and when we, we when we talked about what we were going to do for this episode, that was just the first one that came to mind. Because I yeah, yeah, I like showing people stuff, and I knew immediately I had it right here on my computer, so. That was cool to share that with you guys. So, Rick. Yes. We are on the That's highway my, to hell, name. my friend. Oh, oh, boy. Yep, and ACDC and uh, all of them are playing in the background. So, all right. Demons. God, this really just gets me in so much trouble, um, especially when we have to cover like the TV aspect of it. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's really weird. I remember back in the '90s. It's not something that we really like dealt with, um, especially if you were a student of traditional psychical research and parapsychology, um, which is why I personally don't deal with demons. But over the last 10, 12 years, maybe 
we have seen a um, this strange interest. I don't even want to call it a renewed interest because people really didn't have that interest back in our day when we were, you know, when we first started. But this this interest in demons now. What do you think that this can be, you know, attributed to, Steve? Oh, without a doubt, money on it. It, it has to do with television. It, okay. it really does because you know back in our day, we didn't have there. There was no paranormal TV. I mean, we had Scooby Doo. We, we had Unsolved Mysteries. You know, a few little things, but there wasn't a reality paranormal television show. Right. Being used as a teaching and learning tool. <laughs> Uh, as they are so often uh, labeled. So I, too, like you, never dealt with any kind of haunting where the word demon was thrown out. That stuff really Mm -hmm. didn't start until the mid-2000s, you know, right after this big blow-up of paranormal television. Yeah, we saw that with uh, not so much Ghost Hunters, um, you know, with the uh, Super Mario Brothers of the paranormal world doing their thing, and I'm only joking. I actually have always had... he had a respect for Jason and um, and uh, Grant, but I think that some of that started happening with um, you know uh, the uh, paranormal Elvis, as I like to call him, Zach Bagans and, and his television shows. You know what? I, I actually liked the first two seasons of Ghost Adventures, but after that, you know, with like the whole spontaneous possession and there's demons everywhere, and that was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I can no longer. Wow, that's weird. What was that? When I put my hand up like this, uh-huh. I felt like a cold brush across my hand. That's weird. That is weird. Wow. We're getting Holy cow, something that was in really your strange. place like every episode now, man. I certainly hope not, and I hope my wife never watches this because she does not like that kind of thing. But, okay, back to demons. Now... I know it's easier to I know it's easy to bag on Bagans. There's your dad joke. <laughs> I know it's easy to bag on Bagans, but you know, the people that it really kind of started with was um well the Warrens. I knew it. I knew and it. it's like, oh God, I am always so reluctant to say anything about the Warrens because one, I consider it unlucky to say anything bad about the dead. And uh two, people really do love them. And it, it's and that's and that's fine and everything. I mean, they you know they definitely have their place, but oh, you know, see, well, they, they 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 have their place in the in, in paranormal land, as I like to call it. So, okay, so a few years back, I'm watching this television show, and it's one of those one-off kind of things, where uh, you know the what is that noise? One of my transformers across the room just it. it you got to move it to make it make the transforming sounds. It's Bumblebee, right. and it just started making the transforming sounds. <laughs> oh, see, all right. There's demons involved. I know it. So, anyways, it's like this. It was one of those one-off television shows, and it featured uh, the Warrens. And Ed Warren said something that really, it kind of pissed me off, and it sort of set traditional parapsychology and psychical research back, back a few years. He said, and I quote, all poltergeists are demons. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know that that's not the case. He also said, and I quote, to the people who wrote their books for them, the ghostwriters, mm-hmm. I don't care. Just make it scary. Make it up. Make it real scary. 
I mean, yeah. these are the people you guys are, are claiming. I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but you can read that stuff for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we have this we have this demon thing now. And what I don't understand is, is first off, why would you want to go looking for something, actively looking for something that, assuming it exists, can ruin your life, can destroy everything you love, and eventually drag your soul into the nether region? Would you agree? I absolutely agree. I just don't even know where to start with this. Um, yeah. It's a controversial subject, it, and like I said, it's one that gets our, our big fat mouths in trouble quite a bit. You have to... Well, you kind of said it yourself. There wasn't a big explosion of it until the entertainment industry made it one. Yeah. And what the, the, the one thing I'll say on that... And I want you guys at home to really think about this. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying demons don't exist, okay? Oh, no, neither am I. I am saying that if Zach Baggins was truly dealing with demons on every episode of Ghost Adventures, would he still be alive? Think and about that. that. Is, and yeah, if and that is, is exactly where I'm going next. If he is truly dealing with demons and is alive, this mother effer's got a god complex. Okay, mm. so really break it down, guys. Um, but but here's here's some things that that I find interesting when it comes to demonic possession. It okay. was easy in the past for people to be fooled. It was easy in the past for people to be confused and uneducated. We didn't know the things we know now. That's why we had the witch trials. You know, something like that wouldn't happen now because we know better. You know, mm -hmm. but we didn't know better then. And the same thing goes for exorcisms. Now the Catholic Church protects their, themselves from litigation. Every time they do an exorcism now, there has to be a mental health professional with them. Which there should be. Which there should be. Do you realize since the documentation, Rick, of possession and exorcisms, almost 370,000 people have died during an attempted exorcism. I'm sorry, 370,000? 370,000. Wow, I was going on the assumption that that's only like a handful of cases. I had no idea that it was that high. Most of the time, most of the deaths, the autopsies, reveal malnutrition. Because what's one of the things they do in an exorcism? They attempt yeah, they, to starve they, the demon out. Yeah, exactly. So they're literally killing these people. Just last year, down in Panama, seven people were found dead in a church. Most of them children, where this church was doing a mass exorcism. Fifteen people survived. Mm -hmm. And these children died of starvation, essentially. Oh, my God. Okay, and that's not even counting the mental illness aspect of it. You know, uh, people with uh, that develop disassociative... The, the, you know what, what's formerly known as personality disorder, multiple personality disorder. Right. It's now called dissociative identity disorder. Um, that can happen at any age, and, and you mm -hmm. have blackouts, so you you become somebody else. To so to the onlooker, they're gonna say you're possessed by a demon because when you come back from that personality, you have no recollection of it. This is right. a clinical illness, schizophrenia, of course, hallucinations, hearing voices stuff like that these people aren't being treated properly 
and instead are being convinced of their delusion that it is real and people are dying people have been tried and convicted of murder for allegedly helping somebody that was demonically possessed well this really reminds me of the uh the story of annalise michelle mm -hmm. uh, if i'm or, or michelle if i'm pronouncing it correctly from germany back in the 70s um her delusions and psychosis was fed into um, by her family because they were very um, devout Roman Catholic, mm -hmm. and this, one of the one of a, a friend of the family, a priest by the way, um, told her that she needed to get off of her antipsychotic meds, which she was taking, because she was diagnosed as being paranoid, uh, delusional, and schizophrenic, mm -hmm. and that she needed to get off that because it wasn't. A mental disorder that she was suffering from it was actually demonic possession so she gets off of these and then she undergoes hours and hours upon countless hours of um, exorcism which of course finally results in her death right so there's definitely a danger that is involved there um, mental illness is very real I mean I, you know, I was gonna say um, about I, about 15 years ago, I, I used to weigh a lot more than I do now. And I worked in a uh, residential treatment facility and I worked with, with kids. So we get this new kid come in and he is uh, definitely schizophrenic, mm -hmm. annoyed. And um, he is losing his mind on us one day. Now this kid is maybe just under five feet tall, weighs about 95 pounds soaking wet. He was able to with me across the room and that's because you know his, there was a the flood of adrenaline and i was probably weighing about three three oh five three ten at the time and um now if somebody were to see this who had this uh, uh, ideology of demonic possession would say oh my god this kid is possessed by a demon and that is really just doing a huge disservice not only to him as a person that's dealing with mental illness but the you know psychiatric and psychological sciences as well well there there's so many different things we could go on with this um and again tv misleads people so much um sure there are for for every 10 people in the paranormal field one person is referring to them as an exorcist okay mm -hmm. first and foremost you have to go through the catholic church to become an exorcist. You spend years of training and study in order to be an exorcist. Within the past 10 years, we would be lucky to say that there are actually two dozen assigned exorcists from the Catholic Church in this country. Mm -hmm. You'd be reluctant to even say that many. Right. There it is again. There it goes again. I gotta quit talking about the Catholics, man. Um, yeah. But but and we're not bashing on the Catholics. No, not at all. Because this the, very the, clear to people. The main point here is there there are people with mental illnesses that aren't being properly cared for because of this. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't rule out demonic possession. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that the Catholic Church, the clergy, now adds, um, you know, mental illness doctors, professionals there with them. Right. To give it a fair shot and say, hey, hey, whoa, guys, this this is what this person has. I mean, you look at back in the day, guys, and you, you can't make this stuff up. History has taught us. You look back in the day 
when when they thought you had a demon in you, they drilled a hole in your head. Yes. Does that make any sense to you? No, because well, they 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 also put leeches on people's skin to get out the sicknesses and stuff from them. So yeah, we're talking about definitely superstition here. And when you start breaking it down, now maybe that three hundred and seventy some thousand people makes a little more sense to you. Right. You know, from people being drilled in, bloodletting, all this kind of stuff that people died from, and then it was blamed on a demon. Which, no, it was yeah. blamed on what you did to that person. <laughs> you know, that's what, what really happened. Uh, yeah. It's just TV. And, uh, you got Zacky Baggins out there telling people this, that, and the other, and they believe it. I mean, look look at what's going We're not going to get into politics, but just look at how susceptible the human mind is just look at what's happened right. recently you know in our country people will believe anything yeah you know yeah, they really will and you just gotta they want something to believe in yeah yeah i should cue a, pu- a poison song um please so, don't do you ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on nah anyway no. so rick you've got we've got uh you before we knock out this segment you want to go ahead and jump into your um are you done with your demons or do you... I was just going to say one more thing to kind of wrap it up to the so-called demonologists uh, that is really popular in the paranormal community right now what honestly makes you think that you're going to be able to go toe to toe with something that has um, infinite cunning infinite experience and infinite life um, I can guarantee you, if you were to come across something like that, you would not do well with it. Looking for unique handcrafted gifts or accents for your home, office, family, or friends? Check out Shadow Creations, your one-stop custom shop for one-of-a-kind designs for the eclectic mind. Unparalleled Creations by Christina. Like Shadow Creations on Facebook at facebook.com slash cflancaster and stay up to date on her daily releases available to you and easy to find at etsy.com slash shop slash motley by Christina. Shadow Creations, a little motley, a little curious, a little bit different. Browse Shadow Creations at Etsy.com slash shop slash Motley by Christina. Most paranormal investigators agree locations such as prisons, hospitals, and schools are places of high emotion. Due to this, they are more likely to retain some tragic memory that replays as a haunting. And there is one other establishment you can add to that list. Hotels. Murder, suicide, even unrequited love. Hotels often see the wide spectrum of human and hu- human emotion and human tragedy. And upstate New York's Sagamore Hotel certainly fits that criteria. Built in 1883 by Myron Brown, along with several wealthy investors, the Sagamore was intended to be a sportsman's paradise. For this purpose, the hotel was constructed on Green Island in the wilds of the scenic Adirondack Mountains. The Sagamore offered hunting, fishing, hiking, and an award-winning golf course. If you had a desire for outdoor adventure, the Sagamore was the place to find it. 
Although the Sagamore was considered the poshest hotel in that region of New York State, it was not without its difficulties. Two fires, the first in 1893 and the second in 1914, almost burned the hotel to the ground. The hotel was significantly damaged, but it was the loss of life that threatened the upstate Gale Hotel. A number of guests and staff met their fates in the blazing infernos. In the 1930s, the Sagamore was completely rebuilt despite the country feeling the economic pain of the Great Depression. Countless Americans were out of work, and those who once knew power, wealth, and prestige found themselves penniless and destitute. Due to this, the Sagamore fell victim to the financial collapse, and the sportsman haven was forced to close its doors for good. The Sagamore sat empty for 50 years as nature slowly reclaimed the land and what was left of the decrepit old building. That changed in 1983 when a businessman from Philadelphia saw promise in the old hotel and snatched it up at a very reasonable price. The new owner spared no expense in resurrecting the Sagamore, and after extensive renovations, the hotel was ready to take its guests. But not all was well with the upstate New York resort, and it was anything but empty. Guests and employees would soon discover that the Sagamore was haunted. Not long after reopening its doors, guests and employees reported encounters with the spectral occupants of the hotel's past. And one of the more curious hauntings appears to be a violent echo from the hotel's early history. People have claimed to watch as a young couple clothed in fine dining attire from the 19th century descend the stairs. When they reach the dining room, a violent fight breaks out between the man and his female companion. Guests, shaken by the uncouth display, watch in horror as he grabs her and shoves her to the floor. When she hits the floor, she melts into the carpet and vanishes. No one has ever been able to ascertain who the couple were or what caused the fight. All they know is the scene is disturbing to behold. The violent scene between the man and his female companion is believed to be nothing more than a moment captured in time, a residual haunt, as some would call it. Nevertheless, there is another phantom said to lurk in the hotel's dining room. The apparition of a woman in white appears and strolls among the tables. A former chef had a bone-chilling encounter when the woman appeared and passed through him. The chef was so frightened by his experience, he walked off the job and never returned. Employees and guests of the Sagamore will tell you that the restaurant isn't the only haunted room in the hotel. According to those who have experienced it firsthand, the Sagamore is brimming with supernatural activity that defies the rational, and one of these ghostly inhabitants is a somewhat rude ghost the staff call Walter. Walter, when he is seen, is commonly described as a rather portly man in a dark suit from the early days of the previous century. The feature that makes him particularly memorable is a large mustache that almost makes him look like a walrus. Walter is known to stand silently in an elevator until the car reaches the floor and he rudely pushes past people to get off. As he exits, Walter takes four steps and simply fades away. So far, the many ghosts of the Sagamore to be appear to be benign in nature. Nevertheless, there are two ghosts that take a great deal of pleasure in causing mischief. One spirit, an elderly woman, enters guest rooms and lays down next to them in bed. When the guest awakens, the phantom woman stares at them with cold, dead eyes of the corpse. And before vanishing, she breathes an icy cold breath in their face. 
Our last spirit is perhaps the hotel's most mischievous and enjoys causing problems on the Sagamore's award-winning golf course. As the story goes, in the 1950s, a young teenage boy was struck and killed by a car as he chased down an errant golf ball. Since that day, golfers teeing off have reported the apparition of a teenage boy suddenly appear stealing their golf balls. When the angry guests chase him down to retrieve their balls, they find that no teenage boys are nearby. The Sagamore Hotel is the outdoor sportsman's paradise and can be found on Green Island near the town of Bolton Landon. The scenic Adirondack Mountains that rise majestically all around their hotel, all around this hotel is a perfect backdrop for one of New York's most haunted hotels. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghost Watch. Well, with that being said, let's get professional here, Mr. Hale. Yes, let's talk professionalism. Let's talk professionalism. In the field. I, I guess we should start this out with um, you guys out there watching the show, in the chat, comments. Um, who do you consider to be a professional in the field of paranormal research? This is where I want your head right now, out there. Who do you consider to be professional and why? Okay. Now, Rick and I have people we consider to be professional in this field. Okay. Yes. But kind of like the paranormal unity thing, there is this hatred in a certain community within the paranormal community that doesn't believe there are professionals in this field. Mm -hmm. How dare this person say they're professional? What gives them that right? You know, how, right. how do you feel about it, Rick? Well, you know, I do think that there is a certain amount of sub there there is a certain amount of subjectiveness to this field. However, at the same time, that subjectiveness should not be attributed to professionalism. Um, I cannot tell you, Stephen, how many homes I've been in where I either get asked if their house is filled with demons, going back to the demon thing. But one of the things that one of the things that always struck me was. Um, Please don't provoke our ghosts and don't use swear words in our home. And I'm always thinking, it's like, where do they get this from? Mm -hmm. And it's pretty obvious where they get it from. Right. They get it from the television shows. Right. I agree. I used to, I used to get in a lot of arguments on Facebook. And, and what made me want to do, do this on this show uh, was it one happened recently where I saw a guy post, there are no professionals in this field. I fought it. See, I, I always see people say expert. Yeah, that, that's one. Well, that's the thing no that I always expert. say. That there's no experts in the field. Yeah. There's there's yeah. definitely different definitions. But I came at him with, well, if there are no professionals or experts in this field, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Even scientists that are studying something they have yet to prove are considered professional. The, right. the psychologist and psychiatrist that you may or may not go see, you are paying them for an opinion. Nothing that is fact. They are mm -hmm. considered professional. Your preacher, your priest are considered professional, but they cannot prove anything as fact. How many times right. have you ever heard this person referred to as a professional athlete? What makes that guy a professional? Because he's good at what he does. Yeah. Right? 
So I feel right. that the same can be said for the paranormal field, that there mm-hmm. are professionals in this field. Otherwise, it's the point is moot. If there isn't mm-hmm. somebody that, that, that you find credible that you can learn from or, or is, is giving this, this fantastic evidence up for discussion, you know, then what's the point? You know, there, right. there are two different people in the paranormal field. There are the weekend warriors that do it to get their kicks. They, they're also known as wannabes, you know. Thrill seekers. Thrill seekers. And then there's people like Rick and I who study this stuff every day and have for decades. Out in the field, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I'm not tooting our horns by any definition. But would you rather... You've watched Rick. Would you rather get Rick's opinion on what's going on in your house or my opinion? Or would you rather ask Zach Baggins? Ask yourself that question. Now, out of those three, who do you think is professional? Okay. Now, we rip on Zach. He, he's probably the nicest guy in the world. Okay. It, it's nothing oh, personal I'm... against him. No, it, it isn't. It, it's just he has chose how to make his money, and it's by using the paranormal field. Um, that's just his, his gig that, that, but with, he, he doesn't care about what paranormal researchers think. He cares about what the average person watching his show thinks. What are your thoughts? Rick? Well, you know, I think with the, you know, professionalism in the field, for, for me, the professionals that I've always, um, admired are, you know, of course now dead people like Peter Underwood Mm -hmm. And um, you know Hans Holzer, these guys were the, or or Harry Price. These these men were the gentlemen of the paranormal field. They knew that being professional um, in their approach to, you know, not just the ghostly but to the human as well. They they took professionalism, um, you know, really raised the bar on it with us and. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that there is a certain amount of professionalism that that is lacking uh, today. Because, I mean, for example, you know, when we're out there in the field and we're doing um, investigations, we're not worried about things like ratings. So, of course, we don't have to act like we're all afraid of something. And it's just, you know, this is something that I like to tell people. There, it's not a scare a minute in, when we're on investigations. In fact, it's kind of boring. But if you're going to be out there in the field, it is good idea to remember that you're not just representing yourself or your team you're representing an entire field of research and investigation and inquiry that is a hundred and fifty years old and you need to kind of keep that in mind when you're out there I agree and it's like we talked last week with uh, Miss Ann you know the, mm-hmm. these uh, we didn't go as far as we could have with it but a lot of these guys and gals that pop out as all of a sudden a paranormal team with 30 years experience, you know, it's all just made up. You know, they get their uniforms. Yeah. They, they, I posted a thing on Facebook, and you may remember this, Rick. This was years ago, mm-hmm. where I had six different pictures of groups of people. And I yeah, said, I can, can you pick out which one is the paranormal team and which one is the metal band? <laughs> You know, because they've all got knew, their arms that, crossed, yeah. and it's it, they're, they're you know it, they're they're trying to be rock stars. That's not what this yeah. field is, you know. And you can weed those people out rather quickly, I think. 
Well, another thing too, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of something that I had to deal with a few years ago. Um, I don't have technically have a team. Um, it is just myself and people that I trust that we go out and do investigations. So therefore, I don't have a team name. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, I got into this debate with somebody who was new to the field, and I and I said that you know I call my my team Captain McSpooky Pants and the Old Weirdos, <laughs> jokingly of course, and um, so this person got on me and telling me that well when you have a team you need to name it because that's professionalism. It's like when guys like uh, Hans Holzer and you know Peter Underwood were out there doing their thing. Uh, Sure, Peter Underwood was the president of the uh, London Ghost Club for most of his career, but it's like he didn't really go out there and say, yes, I am such and such a team and we're here to get rid of the demons in your house. No, they didn't do that kind of thing. They went in, they took care of business, got whatever evidence they needed, shared it with the people, and then got out. I agree. Now, I want to ask, before we close this segment, this may or may not end up in my favor here. I'm hoping it ends up in my favor. Rick, okay. would you consider yes. Dr. Barry Taff a professional? You know, when I I don't know him personally. I what, just what, know what, him what's through his most reputation. infamous case. What's his most infamous the case? The entity case. Right, exactly. The entity case. Okay, good. We're yeah. on the same page. Oh, and uh, also also the San Pedro haunting back in the uh, 80s. Mm-hmm. He was involved in that one as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would. I considered him to be professional. I'm glad you said that. Oh, man, am I wrong? No, not at all. Oh, yeah! I would. <laughs> we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Let's say everybody, Rick Hale. <laughs> Thank you, thank 500 you, thank you, thank points. Let's see that on the board. I should be a game <laughs> show host. Um, the reason I say that is because we, in the spring, are going to have Dr. Barry Taff right here. Shut up. Seriously? Yep. Yep. As, no. You know, I, I, I like Barry. I interviewed him a couple of times mm-hmm. when I was on um, Paranormal Underground. And... Um, Paranormal Underground Radio, and yeah, I, I always really liked Barry, and he's definitely one of the people that I have always, that's alive, that I respected, that I respect in the field. And the second gentleman is actually our guest next week, which is going to be uh, Dale Kazmarek, uh, Kaz- mm-hmm. a Chicago boy just like myself. You know, we're going to be talking to him next week. So uh, yeah, definitely another professional in the field. Uh, well, I'm glad, you know, you're excited about that. I've talked to him many, many, many times, and... Um... He's so articulate, and you know he 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 kind of thinks a lot like we do um, when it comes to the commercialism of it. And uh, he he's one of the old guys, and that is something we want to bring as an alternative to you guys out there watching our show that really want to learn more about the paranormal. You know, this is a guy who has been he was doing this before I was born. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Little well, same here. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if you've never seen the uh, San Pedro doc, uh, documentary on the San Pedro haunting, I suggest that you see it because or even the entity re- read the book rather than seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because the movie kind of, you know, of course, Hollywoodizes everything. But yeah, you can definitely see uh, a guy who is very methodical in his approach to investigating the paranormal and uh you know definitely a true expert and i know that we're not supposed to use that term but i'm going to 
yeah, a exactly. true expert in the field. And the same goes with uh, Dale Kazmierich. Exactly. We're bringing it back. We're That's bringing right. it back. You know, and it's interesting that you said, you know, bringing bring in the old guys in here, the old guard. Um, you know, us old schoolers, as I like to say, we still have a lot to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we should be acting as mentors exactly. a lot more for these people. We're like New the people. expendables of the paranormal. <laughs> That's it right there. Well, look, guys, we, we've right. had this, this segment going 20 minutes. We're going to give you a commercial break. And when we come back, folks... We're going to have a fun time on this week's Haunted Salvage. That's right. We're going to be testing Rick Hale's ESP and yours at home. Because I want you to participate too. And let us know your results in the chat. So guys, check out these commercials and we'll be right back. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Mark the date. We <laughs> mark the date. We are testing Rick Hale's ability of U.S. on on U.S. something in the United States. We <laughs> are United States ESP. United States ESP. Um, we're going to test it live for you guys tonight. We're going to see how skillful he is in extrasensory okay. perception. I cannot wait. And you folks at home, too, I want you to play along. Because this week's Haunted Salvage is very special. The item itself is not haunted. Okay, this item okay. is well over 50-some years old. I think 55 years old. It came out in 1966... And it was a board game for ESP. Oh, my God. Okay. This, this, I, I have never seen that. You have never seen that. Well, what's really cool is today I tracked down the original commercial for this board game. And I'm going to put that mm -hmm. on the screen right now so you guys can see how, how we spent family time in the late 60s. This, this sat right <laughs> next to the Ouija board. Okay. Now, there are multiple ways you can play and test your ESP. It right. comes with a board. Okay, we're not going to get into the board part. Rick just finished talking. We already got into the board part. Uh, anyway, uh, it comes with a board, and it comes with a really cool pendulum. Okay, so you can do the, the yes and no things, you know, different colors. There's, there's dozens of ways you can play this ESP game okay but the way we're gonna do it today is because Rick and I are such Ghostbusters fans okay mm -hmm. we oh, are yes. going to recreate minus the electric shock the scene oh, with Peter no, from the original Ghostbusters 
Okay, these... So wait a minute, we're going to use Zener cards. These are your symbols of the day, folks. This is what Rick gets okay. to see, and this is what you guys get to see at home, okay? I'm going to place it here, right right next to the OG Ghost Hunter Pac-Man. Put it right there. Okay, so there are the symbols and colors on the cards. So, uh, you know, I can't do color, Steve. I'm colorblind. Just... Just if you don't need to use your eyes, Rick. Okay, all right, all right. You're using your mind's eye, man. I've never seen those colors. Okay, sure, go ahead. Count that as a point against him. Where's my little notepad? I got to make this clinical. Okay, so here are the cards. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pick a card. I'm gonna let Rick use his mind to see if it's a symbol or a color. And you folks at home do the same thing in the chat. We're going to see. We may just stumble upon somebody with this skill right here on Shadow Initiative. You know, I swear to God, if I pass through this, I may have to start my own business. Hey, 25. Psychic readings Shoot. by Rick. Yes, absolutely. Okay, here we go, guys. We're going to do the first one. Put your answer in the comments. And you can even do this in the archive because you haven't seen it yet. So if you're not watching live, do it. You may just find out you have a skill you didn't know you had. All right, Rick. Okay. It is a triangle. Close. God, I wish I had. I oh. wish I had that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it was oh. hard. Which is close, though. So I'm gonna kind of give him a, a point on that. Because no, that, no, no, no. You can't. That's not even close. It, it has a triangle. It, you know, if I put my finger like that, that is a triangle. So okay. we'll, give, we'll give you half a point. Okay, half a point. So you folks at home, did you get the heart? All right, here we go. Here we go. You, you got to get focused, right. man. You got to get focused. <laughs> I I, you know, seriously, I, I feel like the kid with the, uh, with the uh, puffy hair. Uh, it is the color yellow. No, I'm sorry. Guys at home, guys at home, did you put it in the chat? Now, I'm going to give Rick a half a point because he just said triangle. Get out of town. So, maybe it's delayed ESP, okay? Yes. Let's find out. If this next card is the color he just said, we may be on to something. Okay. I don't know. Is it a couple of squiggly lines? Now you're just doing um, the movie. <laughs> it is the color. No, 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 no. Uh, it is blue. Oh. Yellow. Get out of here. <laughs> is that yellow? So. What we've seen so far is Rick has predicted the next card. Twice. Twice he has predicted the next card. Okay. What about you guys in the chat? We got any uh, superpowers down there yet? All right, here we go, Rick. The arrow. Blue. All right. Dude. Okay. Hey. <laughs> 
you guys are watching this live. He has predicted the next card every time. Okay, I, and, and, I, and I need to stress this to our viewers. There is no shenanigans None. going on. None. No shenanigans. I had no idea that this was that this was happening. In fact, a couple of days, I said to Pete, I said to Steve here that, um, see, I was going to call you Peter Minkman. Um, <laughs> I said to Steve here that, uh, you know what? I don't like surprises, especially when I know that a surprise is coming. And I, I had no idea that we were going to do this. Okay. So this this is I'm getting a little I'm getting some chills here, guys. And okay. I haven't even looked at the chat yet to see if you guys are getting them right. Okay. Check mark. Yellow circle. Alright, so wait a minute, the other one wasn't yellow? What was that? This one was blue. No no no, the one before though, there was a color before that. Wasn't that the yellow circle? Yeah, it was two of them. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. Nice. All right. Okay. This, is, this is getting weird. All right. Let's 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 do one more for the viewers at home. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Rick just doesn't want to lose his streak is what it is. Here we go. Last one, guys. Oh, this is a tough one. That's a tough one. The four dots. Look at that. <laughs> oh, no. Boom. Boom. Bam. And you know what? And, and it's like, I, I will cheat because I will. I am looking to see if I could, you know, see maybe a reflection in your glasses. But, uh, yeah, no no dice there, man. Rick has just well, you dropped Hold on. the mic. Let's do one more. Okay. All Let's right. just do one more. Do one more for the win. The color red. But it's a check mark because I said the check mark. Yes. Look at that. Oh my God. That's it. I'm going into business for myself. I'm going to charge $100 for a reading, and you have to come to my home. All right. Just for. Uh, I'm going to shuffle these. Okay, okay. Look, guys. Look, they are all over the place. Okay. This could be anything. This could be anything. You guys at home. What's this next card going to be? Heart. Oh. Triangle. You know, oh, my God. Now, here's the thing. I was going to say triangle. I knew that. I knew that. Now, now here's the thing. I mean, you know, what, what would J.B. Ryan have to say about that? <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, like the, like the man is the a prototype of modern parapsychology. Right. So it's like, what, what would Ryan have to say about that? Maybe we need to send him the segment, you know? Jamie Ryan's been dead for a long, long time. That don't matter. Do you know what field we're in? That is true. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll contact the Next week, the we'll pull down the Ouija board, and we'll send him a message. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next week, guys. When we pull down a Ouija board and contact the dead here live on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. Oh, my God. Do you, do you even realize the kind of um, <laughs> help you would probably catch for that? You, you, you know what? I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about the demons, but we kind of had to go real quick. It's about Ouija boards. Do you remember hearing a few years ago about that girl? Um, it was in Mexico or somewhere in South America. She was doing a Ouija board with a bunch of her friends, and all of a sudden she just, like, went 
ballistic and mm -hmm. they had to have the ambulance come and take her away because she was possessed by demons and she mm -hmm. like attacked yeah. the, the ambulance. What they failed to tell you in the original um, article was she had just taken a shitload of hallucinogenics and other drugs before doing this. So there you go again, folks, mental health, drug use, whatever. I do the same thing about, before this show. <laughs> God does. Oh, yeah, I know you can probably take speed to keep yourself awake. <laughs> That's where the dad jokes come from. The speed. It could be. I, I'm under the influence, man. Uh, no, I do got a 1977 Ouija board up there. But we'll have, we'll have to save that when we need the ratings to go up. Yeah, we, you know what? We're definitely going to have to talk about the uh, Ouija board uh, sometime in the future. Because um, that is definitely a very, very controversial subject. I agree. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that, that very special Haunted Salvage. Where we tested Rick's ESP. He did really good. And I, we yeah, tested yours at home. So, guys... Point it out there in the chat. Let's find out who's got the skills. This could be like a M. Night Shyamalan or however you say his name kind of Shyamalan. unbreakable oh. thing. You hear oh, those are you. out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit cutyourheartout.threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult-related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. Cutyourheartout.threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash cutyourheartout.fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. It's just interesting. I mean, you look, mm -hmm. you look back throughout history, what, you know, the Ouija board, you know, Kreskin's ESP board game, the, these games were in you know, stores for kids to get. Oh, I know. You know? Well, no, I, I remember a couple of years ago, we were uh, Christmas shopping, and, um, you know, there on the game shelf, right next to the, sh between the chutes and ladders and the clue was the Ouija board. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, ultimate evil, right <laughs> among all those fun games. We'll definitely, um, we'll definitely have to, to do an episode on the Ouija. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have any... I mean, I have stuff I've written about, but as far as um, visual proof, I don't have anything in respect to that, but um, it'd be yeah. an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, so, we're back, guys. Um, we're, we're getting close to closing out the show. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about our guest that's coming on next week, Rick? Uh, next week, we're going to be welcoming to the show Chicago paranormal legend Dale Kazmarek. He is, uh, he's always, he's a man that I've always had a great deal of admiration for his work. He has been doing this for well over 40 years, written several books on the subject of uh, ghosts, especially right here in Chicago. And we here in Chicago, we love our Chicago ghost stories. And uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Dale about that. And one of the things that we're going to be covering is the famous picture of the white lady that was taken at 
um, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, which is in Southside Midlothian. Um, it was taken by somebody in his group, and you can clearly see um, a the image of a woman sitting on a tombstone. And if it was anybody else but Dale Kazmarek, I would be like, oh, okay, that can't possibly be real because it is too good to be true. But Dale, again, professional, expert in the field, and um, I, I honestly cannot wait to talk to him. And, and ten it's going to be a one, great show. Ten to one, you, um, you guys and gals at home have seen this picture. You're just yes. probably not putting it to his name. Um, mm -hmm. This is truly an extraordinary picture. Uh, I because actually, there's no denying what it is yes, sitting there. Absolutely, it, it's so vivid. It, it, it's mm -hmm. incredible, and I, I cannot wait um, to pick this man's brain about that. Just everything about that entire situation, how it went down everything and you're you're gonna hear it straight um from the gentleman who took it you know so yeah uh, that, that's that's awesome now you know what's interesting about that photograph about five or six years ago somebody on their website who they were trying to get a television show passed that off and what they did was is they took the image of of the white lady of the woman mm -hmm. and they put it in a chair in the basement of a theater and tried to pass it off as their own evidence. <laughs> I was one of the people that called them out on it. You and I was like, this them. is not yours. You ripped it. This is not yours. And uh, man, they took it down after they got about five or ten, maybe more complaints concerning it. I used to see that, that very problem. Um, not so much anymore. I think because I'm so established on the internet now. But when I first started mm -hmm. releasing our investigations online, there were people that would cut out certain parts and post it themselves saying it was their stuff. And I was what in the world? What are you thinking? You know? Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Yep, I've actually had that happen, too. I had that happen, too. It's sad, man. But, um, you know, one, one of the things when we were talking about uh, the psychological aspects of uh, demonic possession that I forgot to mention... Now it's it's mm -hmm. actually clinically recognized as possession syndrome, and that was something I meant oh. to mention. So it's an actually is that actually in the DSM? Yes, it's actually known as possession syndrome, um, which okay. is kind of an umbrella for the disassociative identity disorder, the schizophrenia, you know, even all the way down to um, epilepsy. Uh, brain tumors, other things, head injuries in general, that that could mm -hmm. cause somebody to think this stuff. Uh, that's right. you know ultimately why I chose the field of psychology was because of the paranormal. You know, for me, I had to know the client just as much as the situation I was investigating. Right. You know, and psychology is just a wonderful tool. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it's really important for. Um you know, uh, for every paranormal investigator or researcher to understand things like psychology, even anthropology, because it's amazing how um, cultural beliefs in the in the afterlife and in ghosts in or the afterlife in general um, really comes out when you do talk to, you know, certain certain people. Well, I, I certainly you know, I hope I didn't mislead people. Um, I certainly believe in possession. Um, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily have to have that demonic label to it. 
I mean, I, I'm yes. the one. I'm the one preaching a haunted doll. I've written two books about it. You know, haunted objects are possessed by every definition. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're being controlled uh, spiritually by an entity of some sort. Um, so the possession uh, certainly exists. My my whole point was, you've got to look at the bigger picture here. You got to rule out the other things first. You know, and you may legitimately have it. My my old head investigator. Um, we will have him on the show sometime and let him tell the story when he was a part of an exorcism. Um, before him and I even be, became colleagues, research colleagues. And it's some scary stuff hearing it straight from him. And he's, he's the kind of guy that doesn't make this stuff up. Um, right. So next week, we've got Mr. Dale. Um, you know, like we've said before, folks, when we, when we have our um, guests, we, we kind of go off of our typical format of all these different segments and stuff. And then the f next week we'll go back to the ghost watch and, and all of that. So let us, let us know what you guys think. Don't be afraid to email us, comment. You're not going to hurt our feelings at all. Or, uh, you know, our, our friend is on Facebook and check yeah. us out e even at Twitter. Yeah. Yes, that's right. We have a Twitter now. I need to start adding that mm -hmm. to uh, the show. Is yeah. have, have you um, created a, an actual username for the Twitter? Is it at something? I have. Let me pull We're gonna it tell up you guys so right I, I want to get it right. Let me get to it. Here we go. My phone is so slow. Sorry about that. It is at initiative underline TV. There you go. Follow the initiative, there folks. There you go. At initiative underscore TV. Now. Do we? I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. First, nice. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, hey, thank you everybody, you know, so much for watching us. Hope you enjoyed the show, and please come back next week as we talk to, uh, you know, Dale Kazmarek of the Ghost Research Society, uh, fellow Chicagoan and a real professional in the field. Yes, absolutely, guys, and and join us on our group on Facebook. The links right here on the screen. Just go to it, join us. We talk about this stuff all week long. Not just on our episode Friday night. We're, you know, Rick's always posting interesting articles and, and just really cool stuff. I mean, for you guys that are interested in the paranormal and you want that alternative to what's out there in the mainstream media, this is it, guys. This is it. And the thing, right, and it's not just us that can post this stuff um, to, to our Twitter page and to our Facebook group. We encourage other people to put, you know, their experiences and their evidence on the page and, uh, you know, you never know. We may discuss it on a future show. Absolutely. You guys, that way we can blame you if it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, guys. So, yeah, please do. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We just locked down episode five. Join us next week, 8 p.m. Eastern, same time, right here on YouTube, with special guest Mr. Dale, an awesome, awesome, infamous photograph of a ghost that's just you guys are just gonna have to see to believe um but yeah guys you guys have a great weekend and rick and i will see you next week have a good week you know, before you know i would you know when you'd start talking i'd probably fall asleep you know but and then i'd hear and, and you that's, and, and that's not is, that's not the reaction we're looking for <laughs> you know then i hear and this is ghost watching like, uh, you know i gotta get ready you know I'm probably just going to jump into some Pac-Man. You guys have probably noticed this. 
the the whole reason that's awesome yeah the whole reason i have this here is you know when rick starts kind of going on and on and on, on, and, I, on I, and on i have something to do and he's always getting on to me about talking things that that aren't really themed for the show well pac-man's a ghost hunter so eat that rick hale <laughs> nom 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 <laughs> 